You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. It's a blessing to be with you. Um, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. Everyone says they love my accent, but I, I'm, I don't have an accent. You, you sound different. Uh, my wife is here with me this morning. Um, I arrived a couple of weeks ago. I took a repatriation flight out of South Africa. It's completely locked down still. They just uh, spoke about reopening now, going to level two. But uh, we had a hard lockdown in South Africa for over three months, hard lockdown. Um, we had a curfew from seven to five. You couldn't go out in the streets, uh, couldn't travel. And uh, so um, I was scheduled to preach in, at this conference uh, in Dallas. And uh, um, there was no way, there's no, no international flights is, is allowed. But uh, I really sensed that I had to go and I prayed and God gave me that scripture in Mark 16, 15, which says go, go into all the world. And uh, I took a step of faith and uh, went to the airport and uh, tried to get on that flight. My wife took me. And uh, I said to her, maybe she must just stay close by. They might send me back home. Uh, but they allowed me to board. And uh, I, I flew to Dubai and then from Dubai to Chicago, Chicago to Dallas. Um, it's a repatriation flight. So it's people, it's a one-way flight. It's people that want to get out. And uh, I took that flight and it was okay. And uh, then I was trying to get my uh, wife and children also out of South Africa. And uh, it was a, a challenge to get that done. Uh, we, we got them on that same flight out on Sunday, last Sunday, and uh, they boarded or they were on the, at the hotel getting ready to give a test expired them from the flight. They said, no, they could not fly. Um, their, uh, the COVID test expired. They have to have a COVID test within 72 hours. So you have to plan that thing carefully um, to get it right exactly. I mean, it takes three days to wait for the results, but you have to do it. So you have to do that test three days before the flight and get it exactly the same day when you get the results. You have to get on the plane. And then it has to be valid when you arrive in America two days later. Uh, so it's a, <laughs> someone didn't think. But anyway, um, so they took them off the flight on Sunday, but then we got them rescheduled on Tuesday's flight. And so they did the test on Sunday, got the results on Monday, and then they just arrived Wednesday night late. Uh, they were two days on a plane, um, and, uh, but they are here. And so we're so grateful for that. And uh, we'll stay here uh, in America till South Africa completely reopens. Uh, initially, they said only January next year. No, now they're talking about November. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But we'll be here until then. So I'm grateful to be with you this morning. I really believe that God is doing something significant in this church and in this town. And that's why I came here. Uh, I preach in churches of 10,000 and churches of 10 people all over the world. I'm involved in 40 different nations um, globally. And uh, it's not about the crowd or the place. It's about to go where God wants you to be. And I believe this morning that God wants me to be here. And uh, I also believe that God is doing something significant here. Not with me, but that it's already started in this town. I believe this, this, this church, this building is a place of prayer. And uh, this morning as I stand in the worship, as I listen to the worships, I can, I can hear generations before us who prayed in this place. Someone dedicated this building to God. Someone prayed here. Someone, someone paid the price for God to come and do a new, a new work, something new in this city and in this town. I'm going to share a little bit more on that later. But I believe that there's a negative word that was spoken over this city. Uh, a negative word was spoken over this town. And God is busy dealing with that. He's removing that, any negativity, negativity that was spoken over this town or these people. And God is about to do a new thing, a fresh thing. 
It's already started. And we are just part of that new thing that God is doing in this community. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't give up on this community. Don't give up on the people here because God is with you. He's here and he's doing a new thing. A lot of prayer generations have prayed for what God is about to do. um, And you're going to witness it. You're going to be part of what God's going to do in this town. Everyone think that (laughs) it's over. They think it's dead. It's not dead. God's about to raise something from the ashes. It seems like there's no life in it, but God is about to breathe life back into this community and this area. There's a couple of major businesses that's going to move back into this location. Um, There is two major businesses that have left this town, and uh, they went out and and looked for, for better areas. But I sense in the spirit that God has already spoken to them. And these two businesses, there's men of God that's connected to that. And these two businesses are going to come back to this town. No one is going to expect it, but they're going to come back and they're going to really stir up the economy again within this town. Two major things that was here previously that left, they're coming back. You'll see that happen in the future. It's part of what God is doing, awakening that. And then a lot of young people are leaving. They keep on leaving and God is bringing the young people back as well. He's going to create opportunities and jobs, and and there's life coming back to this area and this region, Um, and it'll happen in your lifetime. You'll witness it and see what God will do in this area. But we'll go into that uh, a little bit later as I start to minister. Amen. So my name is Andre Bronkhorst. I'm from South Africa. Ministry 20 years this year. My wife is here with me this morning, and then uh, we have two boys. We married for 11 years, and uh, we have two boys, two years and six years old two and six, and then we also have an au pair. We call, I don't know if you call it a nanny or au pair, but we've got a, um, a lady that travels with us. Um, she's one of our leaders uh, back in South Africa, and so she just travels with us globally and helps us with the kids. God opened seven years ago. He opened up the world to me. Um, uh, I've, I'm, if I say 20 years in ministry, I've not been doing this for 20 years. Um, I've served in a, in a local ministry. I've, I've worked in the sound booth. I've done come camera work. I, I've swept the floors and cleaned the chairs for 15 years. Then God promoted me, and uh, he opened the world up to me seven years ago. And uh, I just started to travel um, extensively. And in that, I said to the Lord that I'll do this if my family can be part of it, if they can come with me. And God has given us the grace for that, and so I try to take them with me as much as possible. Um, it's inconvenient, but I believe that when God calls, He calls a family. And so it's not the, the easiest exercise <laughs> to travel with them, but I believe it's important for them to be part of the journey. And so we have uh, drove from Orlando um, yesterday uh, through um, to, uh, what's the town called? Aiken. Aiken. And then on the way there, we had to stop in Hilton Head just to see what's happening there. So we, we spent about 30 minutes on the beach in Hilton Head, and then we came through. We've never seen it, and we, we, we would like to just get an idea of the area. Um, but they're here with us, and then we'll drive back to Orlando um, this afternoon, and we'll be there. We'll be stationed in Orlando for the next two months, and then I'm ministering um, all over the U.S. within the next two months. I'll, I fly out every Friday. And then back Sunday nights or Monday morning, I'm back with my family. But they are positioned or stationed in Orlando for the time. I mean, that's it. And then my blood group, you need that, or my social security. Okay. That's, that's all about us. Um, it's a blessing to work, to be in ministry. It's a blessing to work f- uh, for God. I don't do anything else. God called me at the age of 16, and I've never done anything else. 
Uh, it's amazing to see how God touches people's lives and to work in something that has eternal value. It's a blessing to do that. Now, back home, we don't speak English. Um, as, as a family, we speak Afrikaans. It's our language in South Africa. Um, we have 14 different languages in South Africa. Um, I don't speak half of them. Uh, but as a household, we speak Afrikaans. Um, we don't speak English. My parents don't speak English. Uh, so, um, it's a, so that's why the accent or the, um, we struggle a little bit with the language. We had to learn it very fast. Um, I started to really speak English about five years ago. Um, because we don't use the language. We don't have someone that we can speak it to. Um, as a household, we don't speak English to one, <laughs> to one another. We just speak Afrikaans. So uh, that is Afrikaans. Now, product with Afrikaans. Dat is goed om samen met julle te wees hier vir ochend. Dit is my vrou en ek gaan dat sy nou ietsie kom sê vir julle amal. So that's Afrikaans, uh, the language that we, we speak. And so I just said in Afrikaans that I'm going to call her to the front now and she's going to come and greet you. That's what I said. Hello everybody. <laughs> um, you know, to really be married to a man of God, but also a man that walks on water... Oh, sometimes I feel like just coming behind, but it's such an honor um, to, to also be here and, and be, be in the position aside him, behind him, um, you know, walking in faith. Uh, during the worship, I just seen something, um, and it, I, I got called of God almost and really emotional in a way. Um, God reminded me of the story of David with Goliath, and he said that regardless of which country you live, what culture you are, what color of the skin you are, we all have our giants to face. And it's not how big your giant is, because a lot of times we don't have compassion for the other person's giant because it doesn't seem that big. You know, it's like with my son, when he tells me, he's five years old, six years old, when he tells me, mommy, I'm scared of the dog. What do I tell him? I said, let's just put on the light. Let's just change your perception of your giant. And that is, that is the key. But who change your perception of your storm, your giant, whatever you need to face? What changed that? Is what did David do when he had to face Goliath? Just before then, what did he do? He went back to the stream. And there we're at the stream he, he picked up the weapons, you know, the little stones. And I believe that those stones were the strategies God gave him to conquer his Goliath. And the water represents his time with God. It represents this time that we have as a community, but also as an individual. You know, when you worship, when you spend time with God and... Um, there's a saying, and it's so beautiful, he says in Psalms, actually, but um, that at the water of refle reflection, my soul remembers who I am. It's like with that Lion King movie. When he looked into the water, he saw his father's face, and that is his identity, and he could face his Goliath, because it's not how big it is. It's not to have not compassion for someone else's giant, but it's literally just to allow God to show you the weapons, the strategies, the stones you need to face your Goliath. So I just wanted to share that with you. Amen. Okay, are you ready? We have 30 minutes to teach, preach, prophesy, and raise the dead. So we have to move fast. So we have to get into the Word. And uh, I want to quickly put down a firm foundation before we start to minister. 
um, prophecy or the gifting is the dessert. Uh, and so this morning, before we get to the dessert, we have to get to the main course. We need to get into the Word. And uh, then we'll flow in the gifting. Um, the gifting is easy. But the Word is what we have to apply to uh, that in, enables us to walk in the supernatural. Amen. Let's pray together and we can start. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for this moment. Lord, I pray for every person in this room right now and whoever they are connected to, families, friends that might not be here this morning. Lord, I pray for this whole community. And uh, Father, we pray for, the, for these children that's here with us in this building. And Father, I pray that you would come and strengthen us through the word, build our faith, uh, encourage us, Lord, that when we leave here this morning, that we are ready to go out and face uh, what we have to face and make the changes that we need to make in this season of our lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. I'm changing the scriptures a little bit, so don't be concerned there at the back. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 uh, speaks about, 1 Corinthians 12 speaks about the gifts of the Spirit. And it starts with uh, verse 1, and it's critical because verse 1 says, says uh, don't, uh, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Before he speaks about the gifts, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed. The reason why he says it is because he knows that we're going to be uninformed. And so he reminds us, he's saying, listen, I want you, don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know how does it function, how does the giftings work. Now, the giftings uh, is a gift. It's uh, interesting because in my language, um, it, the translation is different for the word, for this specific word, gift. It doesn't say gift in my language. Um, it says chava, uh, uh, and, and which... Uh, um, in the word chava in my language means talent. And so it's something that, that you work. It's not something that you receive. But in English, it is a gift. So he says about the gifts. Now, gifts you don't work for. It's something that God distributes. You get a gift freely. A lot of us, when it's your birthday, you expect to get gifts on your birthday. You don't work for them. Um, my son <laughs> said on, his, on the way here, he said, when is it my birthday again? <laughs> so... <laughs> He is waiting for that day already where he needs to get a gift again. He needs to be celebrated. So you don't work for that. Something that you get freely. Now, when it comes to the giftings, um, the gifts is something that God gives us on earth, not in heaven, on earth right now, to help us and to enable us to be more effective in what we're doing. So the gifts are not there. There's no rule that says if you don't use a gifting, then you're going to go to hell. There's no rule like that. There's, a, there's gifts available to make your journey easier. And so this morning, you can say to me, Andre, um, after the service, could you please take me to, to Aiken? Is that how you pronounce it? Please take me to Aiken. And I can say, okay, it's fine. And we can walk outside. I can say to you, okay, get on my back. And I can pick you up and we can start to walk to Aiken. And we're going to get there. I don't know when, but late tonight. We're going to get there. I'm going to be exhausted. You're going to be exhausted. But we have, we've done that. Or I can use the gift that I have, which is a vehicle, and I can say, okay, let's uh, come with me. We can get into the car. We can put the air conditioning on, and we can drive comfortably and listen to classical music on the way, and we can get there refreshed within 30 minutes. I've used the gifting that's there. So it enables me to, to, to make the journey easier that I'm on. That's the purpose of the gifting. It's not there to boast or to compete. It's there to make our lives easier and more effective. Then he continues, 
And from verse 8, he starts to name the gifts. He goes through the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into that this morning, but verse 8 to to 10, he says, uh, To one that is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, gift number one, to another a message of knowledge, number two, by means of the same Spirit, to another faith, three, by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing, four, Uh, By that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, five, to another prophecy, six, to another distinguishing between spirits, seven, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, eight, and to still to another the interpretation of tongues, nine. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's amazing that as he goes through the giftings, he keeps on saying, by the same spirit, by the same spirit. So it's not nine spirits. It's one spirit that has all the giftings, one spirit. So it's not a spirit of healing, a spirit of prophecy, a spirit, it's gifts of the same spirit. But then a very important verse, verse 11, he says, All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We can force a gifting on a person. We can say, you have to do this, or you have to do that. The Holy Spirit himself, he distributes the giftings just as he determines. So the Holy Spirit can move through a room and he can give three gifts here. Five, nine, one, two. He can distribute them just as he pleases. We cannot force the gift upon a person. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot say that if you, if you don't have that gifting, then you are not saved. If you don't have that gifting or then you are not, we can't say that because the Holy Spirit distributes these giftings. What is the role that we play? The role that we play is we have to have a desire. We have to have a hunger. And I always remember, so back in South Africa, I used to, uh, in our ministry, I used to oversee the children's and the youth department. And uh, I remember when it came to the youth uh, and the kids, if we prayed for them for the gifts of the Spirit and we called them to the front to pray for them for activation, I would ask the children, what gift do you want? And then the children would say, all of them. (laughs) And so we have to have a desire. What is the desire? The desire is, Lord, give me whatever you want to give me. But I am open to receive what you have for me. I'm not going to push it away. I'm going to receive what you have for me. A lot of people ask, but Andre, how do I know then which gift is mine? The Holy Spirit has a way to stir up the gifting in our lives by creating a desire and a hunger in us for it. I've never had an interest to prophesy when I grew up, never. It, I was never drawn to prophecy. But then one day, a desire started to grow in my heart. And one day I saw someone in a meeting, I saw them prophesying. And when I looked at them, there's a desire that came to me and I said to myself, I have to do that. I have to do it. I was drawn to that gifting. There's going to be times in your life where someone else pray for a sick person, they get healed, and you're going to feel drawn to that. This is all the Holy Spirit that's busy drawing you to that gifting, which He already decided that He's going to give to you. But what what He's busy doing is busy creating that hunger, that desire in your life to say, I want this. God functioned through my life. What is the purpose of these gifts? The purpose of these gifts is to build, strengthen, and encourage the church. Who is the church? Us, not the building, is to encourage one another. And so this morning, when it comes to the gifting, I bring my gift in this room, and I'm here to use the gift to, to strengthen what God has been doing in this ministry. 
Now, there's many giftings here. There's gifts of healing in this place. There's, there's, uh, there's different flows and forms. There's, there's a gift of faith in this room. But these gifts has to be exercised. It has to be used. A lot of people say, but what if I step out and I try to, let's talk about healing. What, what if I step out and I pray for a person that's sick and they don't get healed? What then? Then pray for someone else. You see, we put all the pressure on ourselves to say that, uh, um, what if it doesn't work? What, what, if, what if I miss it? And I'm, I want to say to you this morning, what if, what if it works? What if God works through your life? What if he flows through your life? I ministered, um, and so God has grown me in all the giftings. And uh, um, it was first prophecy, and then healing came to my life, where suddenly I was drawn to pray for sick people, drawn. When I would go to a shopping mall, and I would see someone in a wheelchair, I want to pray for them. I was drawn to that. Um, I couldn't avoid them. I want to try to look in a different direction, but I was pulled in that direction to, to just pray for them, to just lay hands on them. And so we have to respond. So the first healing that I saw, I was on a conference, uh, a women's conference, and uh, this morning, um, the Lord spoke, to, as I prepared the sermon, the Lord said to me, this morning there's going to be a lady in a wheelchair, I want you to pray for her, as I prepared the sermon. And so I walked into the meeting, and right here in front sits this lady. And so I'm trying to preach the sermon, but the more I try to preach, the more I'm drawn to this, to this lady. And so what happened is, suddenly, I stopped the sermon and I turned to this lady. I didn't pray for her. I said to this lady, I said to her, ma'am, how long have you been in this wheelchair? Tell, tell me what happened. And so they, we got another mic so she could just share the story. But when I turned to her and I said to her, ma'am, um, how long have you been in, in this wheelchair? When I turned to her, suddenly at that moment, she jumped up and she was healed. I didn't, I, 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 I I wanted to pray for her, but I was planning to first ask, where, I mean, what happened? Where do you come from? Just get some information and then, then see how tough this miracle is going to be, then pray. Um, but immediately at that moment, she jumped up and she um, got healed. At that moment, someone has a phone and they take a picture of this lady at that moment when this happened. They had their phones out. And suddenly people just, uh, this whole block just starts to scream. And so the lady that took the photo ran to the front, and on the picture, there's an angel standing next to her on the picture. I want to explain something to you this morning about this. This morning, God decided already that this woman's going to be healed. Anyone that would have prayed for her would have set a miracle in motion. Anyone. And I believe that that morning that God spoke to many people, it was not just me. He spoke to many people and he said, pray, 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 pray. But no one wanted to take the chance. No one wanted to go. And, and I, I didn't go for it, I mean, 100%. I just took a step of faith to say, um, so tell me about your story. And then at that moment, the healing was there. I don't know how it works. I don't know why some people get healed immediately and some wait a season. I don't know. But I want to say to you that in, in this lady's life, whatever it was, whatever happened, God already prepared that miracle to take place. But it's amazing that God doesn't use angels to heal people. He used people to heal people. He still waits for a person. He still waits for someone to be that vessel to go and to pray for that person. I'm sharing this with you this morning because we might look at the giftings and we might be uncertain Intimidated, afraid, 
But those giftings are not going to start to flow until you give a step. Nothing is going to happen. There's miracles that God wants to set in motion, and it's going to happen through your life. When you step out. Now, one of the crazy things is that we think because, you think because you are sick, you can't pray for sick people. That's what we think. You think because you go through challenges and storms in your life, you think that you can't, the Holy Spirit or the gifts cannot work through your life because you have not overcome that thing yet. That's not true. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you. Allow God to use you and become that vessel that God can flow through your life. Amen? Okay. And so, briefly, Old Testament and a New Testament prophet, there's a big difference between the two. Um, I'm called to be a New Testament prophet. Seven years ago, God called me and he said, Andre, I'm calling you to be a prophet. I said, God, I don't even know exactly what that means, um, but I'll do it. What do you want me to do? The Old Testament, um, every nation in the Old Testament, so every nation, it, it had sorcerers, magicians in the Old Testament, but Israel was the only nation who had prophets. God gave them prophets. Israel did not use sorcerers or magicians. They used prophets in the Old Testament. And before a king would go to war, he would first consult the prophets. He would say to the prophets, and it was a different process than what we are used to today. He would get a group of prophets, 10 of them, put them in different rooms, and he would say to them, okay, what does God say? Are we going to win or not? Now, let me tell you, if nine of the prophets says we're going to win and one said we're going to lose, the king killed them after that. There was a price to pay. So it wasn't just something lightly. If, he, if someone missed it, they missed it with their life. And then they, he would go to war. And it's, this is how the kings, if all the prophets said you, you're going to lose, they didn't even go to war. And so that was the function in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the prophets was the voice of God to the people. But in the New Testament, God has sent his Holy Spirit. And the New Testament, we are not led by prophets anymore. It's very important for you to understand this. We're not led by prophets. We don't live by prophets or prophets or prophecy. Um, a prophecy is not a prediction in the New Testament. A prophecy is an invitation. And so in the New Testament, if we prophesy, we invite people into what God has for them and what God, where God can place them in the future. But it's not, a, it's not a, a, people would come to me often and they would say to me, can you give me a reading? It's not a reading. It's not what it, I'm not a magician or a sorcerer or a, uh, uh, that's not it. I'm, I'm moved by the Holy Spirit. And I cannot do, even though I have the gifting, I have to wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. I have to do what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. Um, I'm still submitted to God. It's there to build His church. And so one of the things that I don't do anymore, I don't prophesy out of, out of the church setup. What does it mean? I don't prophesy in the parking over Facebook, over email, over WhatsApp, or text messages. I don't do that. Why? Because there's zero accountability. Zero. Today, if we minister here, I'm ministering in, in a room where there's accountability. There is a leader here. There's leadership here. And so it's a healthy environment for the prophetic to grow. Because when it comes to prophecy, I've, I've experienced that people only hear what they want to hear. They receive a word, but then they cut. <laughs> when you receive a prophetic word, there's always instruction in it. Always. But they cut out one part of the word and they take the part they want. They don't take the whole thing. 
And so this morning, I want to encourage you to open up your heart and to receive. Now, what do we do with a prophetic word? Again, please remember and hear what I'm saying today. We don't live by prophecy. It's not what we do. The word needs to be spoken. It's critical for the word to go forth. When God reveals something, it needs to be spoken, either through um, a, a prophet, but then you can also prophesy over your own life. There's things that God's going to show you about your future, and you need to speak it. Don't just think it or um, pray about it quietly. Speak those words, because when you speak it, that word goes out, and what happens? It will not return void. It will go forth, and it will accomplish exactly that. And so this morning, God has placed your future in your mouth. Not in my mouth, in your mouth. I can speak the word in the same way that I'm being led by the Spirit this morning. You can be led. But there's times in your life where God's going to show you things about your future, and you have to speak it. Not just think about it. You have to open up your mouth. That doesn't mean that you have to do it uh, in front of your children or wife or husband and say down, sit down and say, listen, I'm going to speak the word of the Lord now. Now, you can just drive in the car and just speak that word. doesn't matter where you are. But the word needs to go forth. How did God create the earth in Genesis? He spoke. That's how, that's how everything came to existence. In the same way, God has put that creative power in our mouths. That when we speak, not just speak, when we speak what He gives us, that's where the power comes in. When we say what He says. And so God will reveal things to you, and when you speak that, that word goes forth and it starts to work and establish things in your life. And so God has called me to be a New Testament prophet, Old Testament prophets um, came and, and brought um, direction to kings. Um, they went out and they spoke death over cities. Um, that's, what they, that's how they functioned in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, God's way of ministering through the prophets is completely different. Completely. Today we have a lot of New Testament prophets who still have Old Testament mindsets. They live in the New Testament, but then the way they speak is still Old Testament. They still bring death and destruction and fear into people's lives. That's not our responsibility in the New Testament as prophets. Our responsibility is to speak life into a situation that might seem dead, but to bring life to that, to bring hope. We're living in a time where everyone needs hope. Everyone. doesn't matter where you are. People need hope. They need to, they need to know that, that God is he's still there. Even though they cannot hear him at this moment or they, he feels far away, they need to hear that God did not forget me. He's still, he's still in, in town. And that's why when, when I spoke this morning, immediately I said to you that God is here. <laughs> he's in the city. What does that do? Immediately it deploys angels throughout the city. Immediately it releases God. It's, God just needs someone in a family or in a, in a town to acknowledge him. To say he is here. He is with us. It's like opening up a door for God to come in and start to work in that town. Now, prophetically, this is a beautiful town. Beautiful people. There is a problem here, but the problem is with a very small minority. There's a very small group of people here. And these people that I see, they are religious people. Religious people. They are the ones who speak death over this town. They are the ones who speak negative words over this town. But God is dealing with that small minority. Because the majority of people that live here, they want to see God move in this town. The majority of people that are here are good people. 
They're good people. They've got pure hearts, good intentions. Uh, they want to do the right thing. They want God to come and refresh this town and, and do what he wants to do here. And so it's a very small minority who's been stopping the work of God or the flow of the Holy Spirit in this town. But God is dealing with that. He's bringing that refreshment. And that's why I say to you that a lot of prayer went into this town. Even this building, this specific building right here. A lot of prayer went into this place. God's been preparing this place for what he wants to do. And so you can read with me in Acts chapter 15 verse 32. Acts 15 verse 32. Says Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. I'm reading out of the NIV. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. Here we see a function of two New Testament prophets. How they go forth and they encourage the believers. They strengthen the believers. And that is the purpose. If you have to ask me this morning, Andre, what is the primary purpose of a New Testament prophet? I would say to you, the main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to strengthen your relationship with God. That's the main purpose. This morning, I don't want to become a voice of God to you. This morning, I want to take your hand and God's hand, and I want to connect the two of you. The same way that I hear God is the same way that you can hear God. God has a desire to speak to us. The desire that God has to speak to us is far greater than our desire to communicate with Him. Remember, God created us to communicate. Animals cannot speak to God. God created us. He put something in us that can, that can communicate with Him, that can hear His voice. Adam and Eve in the garden, they communicated with God. They could hear Him, they could feel Him, they could sense Him. When He walked in the garden, they could, they could see Him walk in the garden. They picked him up with their five senses. He wasn't, he wasn't a spirit, something that they, that they prayed or hoped it was there. He was there, manifested in the garden with them. Yes, and then they ate from the tree and they lost their spiritual senses. But then in John, when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. And so now Jesus becomes the perfect sacrifice. And he restores the relationship that Adam and Eve had with God back into our lives so that we can communicate with him once again. Every person in this room this morning can hear the voice of God. Everyone. Every child up here can hear the voice of God. Everyone. It's something that we are born with. God has put it in our, he's, he's, it's an antenna, it's a receptor that's, that's built into us to communicate. And then also, there's a desire in every one of us to communicate with him. Now, God speaks to us in different ways. There's many different ways that God speaks and communicates. Um, he speaks, there's a list uh, that I could share with you today. God speaks to us through dreams, um, through angels, through the word of God, through preaching, through sermons, um, through people, through music, through nature. Uh, it's unlimited how God speaks to us. It is, it is by accepting it and in faith responding to that voice. People are so focused on how does God speak? It's not about just how does he speak. What is he saying? And what are you going to do about it? <laughs> because until you respond to that voice, nothing is going to change. There's instruction in that voice. People walk down the street today and they feel, uh, some, they feel in their heart or their spirit or 
doesn't matter where they pick up the voice of God, but they go down the street and something says to them, don't go left, go right. And then what do they do? They go left. <laughs> they do exactly what they felt they should not do. They go into a building and something in them says, don't go into this place. So what did you do? Now I still went in. <laughs> When we start to respond to that voice, it activates something in our lives. I want to give two things to you this morning that would take the voice of God in your life from one level to another level. The first thing is obedience, and the second thing is faith. When you respond in obedience, and you become obedient to that voice. Now, if I'm talking about obedience, I'm not talking about the law. I'm talking about small little things that God is sharing with you. As a father, he needs to train you to hear his voice. And so he's not going to give you this, this massive big thing over the nation of the U.S. No, he's going to start to entrust you with small little things. Go left, go right. Okay, stop now. Don't do that. Walk away. Yes, go for that. Small little steps. And when you start to become faithful with that, then he starts to grow you more and more in your life. I want to end this morning and share this with you that as a father, he's trying to teach us and train us to hear his voice. It's God's desire for us to hear. Now, um, in, in my life with my son, he's six years old now, I try to train him to hear my voice. And so we do things. I want him to know uh, he needs to listen to my voice. He needs to respond to my voice. And so one of the things that we do um, is we play hide and seek. When we play hide and seek, I don't get into a cupboard somewhere where it's impossible for him to find me. And then an hour later... I get out of that cupboard and I say to him, you stupid child, why couldn't you find me? No. I put myself in a place, in an area where it's accessible to him, um, within his area. Because he's six years old, his attention span is short. If he doesn't find me in five minutes, he forgets about it. He continues with something else. <laughs> so I put myself within his reach. And that's the same thing that God does. The reason why people miss the voice of God in their lives is not because God is too far, but because he's too close. He's so close to you that you think it's your own voice. You think it's your own thoughts. You think it's, it's, it's what you want. But he positions himself as, as a father in a place where it's within your reach. I used to pray in, a, uh, in my book I wrote about, I wrote a book about walking with God. And in that book, I shared how um, in my journey with God, I would pray um, for years, and I would say, God, just help me to be where you are. Help me to get in that position. And God would say to me, Andre, if you want to be where I am, you have to become lower because you are too high for me. You see, God chooses to manifest himself at a place where everyone has access, even little children. He chooses to put him in a position where not just certain religious type of people can hear his voice. He puts himself in, in a, himself in a place where everyone has, where it's in everyone's reach. And so this morning, I want you to understand, even though you sit in this room and you look at stuff that happened in your life and you disqualify yourself because of those things, you think you're, you are, God is out of your reach. That's not true. God chooses to position himself in a place where you still have access to him. And so the enemy is saying that you are too full of sin to come close to God. But until we come close to him, we are not going to be set free of that sin. 
And so the enemy is trying to push you away where God's trying to call you in. The enemy is saying, no, no, first clean yourself and then go to him. And we're never going to get it right. Where God says, no, no, just come as you are. Just come. Just, you're welcome. Just come. I'm going to deal with it as you come. And so we, a lot of people think that they have to, we think that we have to change to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's not true. When the Holy Spirit fills us, then we change. It's the other way around. And so it starts with you this morning just coming as you are. Just, just saying, God, this is me. This is, this is it. And then God coming and starting to meet you at this place and, and start this journey with you forward. Okay. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for every person here this morning. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray for your voice right now, your voice. Father, I pray that you would speak to your people directly. Let them hear you. I pray for the children as well in this building. God, just do something special in their lives. Let them hear you. Father, thank you that these children, Lord, they're going to get up in the morning and they're going to say to their parents, I heard God. I heard him. He spoke to me. He spoke to me in my dream. I heard his voice. And Father, I pray for everyone in this room right now. I come against any form of guilt right now. Guilt. I command that guilt to leave right now. Not, uh, they don't have to carry that anymore. You have, have seen us Jesus who is the perfect sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. Now, we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you. God said to me that wherever I go, he gave me a promise. He promised me. He said, Andre, wherever you go and minister, wherever you go and minister, people will hear my voice audibly. And this is what I'm trusting God for. That he made me a promise that you will hear him. Not this morning, but from here on, that you will hear him as you drive in the car. You will hear him when you pray. You will hear him clearly in your life. Okay, amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.